Howdy, Ags. AP from the tailgate, the home of Aggie football. Corey, welcome back, my friend. Man, what a summer, buddy. What a summer. I haven't and seen you as much. Of, I see you less during the summer when my kids are out of school than what I do when my kids are in school. Isn't that crazy? That's absolutely nuts. As it turns <laughs> out, summertime doesn't really affect me much other than the fact that it's hot. And yeah. Jesus Christ, is it hot out there. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's uh, been like 110. It's been stupid down here. Hey, there's one of your kids right there trying to get his, his face on the show today. That's my Colton. Just turned eight years old. Oh, Had a birthday oh, party. He's getting big. He wants to sit party. in and listen to us talk. So I told him to come in here and look. So, all right, buddy. Well, we haven't been on for a while. We took a little sabbatical here in the summer. Not a lot going on, man. But we've come back. First show off the off the bat brought to you by Freedom Home, Freedom Homes, Building Aggie Dreams, FreedomHomes.com. Visit them online. Uh, also, don't forget, everybody, email us at agstailgate at gmail.com. We'll respond to any questions, comments, whatever it may be. Corey, not a lot going on throughout, throughout the last couple months when we've been off. I've been, I don't know if you can see this, but my place is a wreck right now because I'm in the process of moving as well. I'm going to come join you in BCS. There you go. Get a little closer to, closer to the action over there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, once we get into town, we'll set up, we'll set up the studio and the whole shebang, right? Ready to That'd roll. That'd be nice. So nothing really happened, especially because the Aggies really haven't been recruiting at all. So no recruiting news or anything, uh, unless you're a Texas fan or an Alabama fan or something else. Um, didn't we we just signed an offensive lineman this this week or last week, didn't we? Just uh, on Sunday, on Sunday, a guy yeah. that uh, nice nice get on the old line. We've talked about how important it is that he has a strong offensive line class this year. So that's a good step in the right direction. But last week, we finally got through SEC media days, man. And boy, is it an exciting SEC media days. As it turns out, we really got no news out of SEC media days except one thing. Anias got arrested. And uh, and Jimbo and Saban have buried the hatchet or something, evidently. They're going to they, be They kissed and made along. up. Yeah, they kissed and made up. Now I think somebody told him they had to do that. Yeah, Jimbo. Jimbo said he's never talking to him again. And then all of a yeah. sudden, he's like, "Oh yeah, no, I respect that guy. He's he's yeah. We're great." Yeah. So I think somebody love, told him to say that. I love how Jimbo sticks to his guns on that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but what's the uh, what's the news on Anias? What do you think is going to happen here? Is this serious? Is this uh, is this season altering news, or is this going to be? Uh, we'll be all right. I got two things to say about that nice thing. One, to answer your question specifically, I think it's a small thing. I think he may miss a game, uh, but I don't think it's much more than that. My understanding, just so that everybody doesn't hasn't heard, doesn't know, you know, he got arrested for DWI, possession of marijuana, and uh, possession of a gun, a firearm. Um, without the first two, the firearm thing wasn't even illegal. Um, the marijuana thing was like less than a joint. Um, and then as it turns out, the DWI with the alcohol levels, he, he, he recorded very low, low blood alcohol levels. So 
I ultimately I'm not sure that it's going to be a big deal. I don't expect it to be a long suspension for sure. He may miss a game. He may miss a half. Who knows? Something something along those lines. Um, but I'll tell you this. My bigger question is, what's going on with Texas A&M PD? What's going on with Texas A&M PD, man? Are they not? Are they not on board? Has Jimbo taken care of those guys? Has Jimbo not done what he's supposed to do with those guys? I mean, what that should be the first call. Shouldn't it be like, let's call Jimbo? You know, let's call Jimbo up and tell him what's going on. But no, nah, it doesn't happen that way. I just think some young cop got it deer in the headlights. Like, oh, I got a nice Smith. Oh, it's my my name's gonna be in the news now. But well, that guy needs to quit thinking about his name in the news. Nobody knows who he is, and his name still is in the news. But I will tell you this, you know. <laughs> It's one of those situations where, like, what were you thinking, you know? And it's not like we're talking about a guy that maybe was a hothead or something like that that came out and started talking mess to the officer. It's Anaya Smith. That dude is chill as can be. You know what I mean? Like, sorry, officer. I know. My bad. What do I need to do? I wouldn't expect that it's going to be a problem. But... Like I said, I guess Jimbo ain't doing his part there either. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be a big thing. What was the second part of the question? I hope not. I mean, I didn't know if it's going to affect the team long term or not this season, and if it's going to be uh, something that's going to keep us off the field and keep him off the field. Yeah, this is going to affect the team. That's my main thing. You yeah, said I guess one game. Biggest... Eh, what game is that? Like the first one against. Sam Houston, or Sam yeah. Houston, yeah. Houston. So I mean, like, yeah, I'm not too worried about that portion of it. I guess, I guess, if you had to worry about anything, it's the fact that he's a leadership, he's in a leadership role on that team, and so just sort of the effects of that. But I, I, I don't know. I think it's probably okay. And uh, like I said, I, I'm a little bit, probably a little more concerned about the fact that over there, the the Aggie cops are are really being so stringent with uh, with poor Nias on this one. Nice has to be a little bit smarter than that too, though. He does. <clears throat> All the players have to. I mean, they gotta. These cops. I mean, they're doing that to a nice. They're gonna do it to anybody. So they need to be smarter than. They got start having a few drinks, get a joint, they, get a gun in the car. I mean, come on, use your head, they, guys. They got too much. They got too much on the line. In all honesty. Yeah, they got too much to lose. There's but Uber. Corey, you got Uber everywhere. You're making nil money. You can't afford an Uber now. But, Corey, here's the thing, that I, and I'll say this for, to, for the rest of my life. Me and you both remember being 21, 22. Not a, I not really a lot remember. of smart. It was like a daze. It was like yeah. a daze to me. Not a lot of smart decisions back then. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you're right. He's, he's, he should be, he's got to be smarter. And hopefully everybody, the entire team, learns from it a little bit. And yeah. we, don't, uh, we don't get into any of that anymore for the rest of the season, at the very least. Uh, so, It'll at least give some of these guys an opportunity, and we'll talk a little bit more about this. But you know, some of these wide receivers an opportunity to show out that first game, and if he if he is suspended that first game, so some other guys have a chance to catch the football. Uh, dude, you know we've been out for a little while, and there's been so many damn storylines passing through here and in the news and the media. You know, your your buddies over at Texags just spewing out a bunch of stupid shit, you know? Yep. And let's start every with day. this. Let's start with this, you know, because this is one of these, this is one of these things I continuously hear 
and you know, folks over there in, in Aggieland get a little bit defensive about Jimbo and his contract and his performance and everything else. And it's this idea that Jimbo's done really well so far. He's done really well so far for the Aggies. He, he's got a number one recruiting class to his name. He's, he's done very well on the recruiting trail in the other years. Look, he had a nine and one season. So obviously this guy's really taking care of his job. And look, I've said it a thousand times. I've said it once. I believe that Jimbo has done a great job in building this program so far and getting the name out there nationally and the brand and all those things. But Corey, me and you've also talked about it and he has struggled as the offensive coordinator for this team. Oh, very and much those, so. And those struggles are the reason for the limitations for this team as a whole, especially in the win-loss column. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. There's an article on ESPN today. It talks about the Aggies, and it says, uh, talks about Jimbo not throwing the ball downfield, how ineffective he's been throwing the ball downfield. Also, how he's he hasn't used his players to their potential. You have one of the best running games in the nation last year, and you don't run the ball when you have the opportunity to. It just it doesn't make a lot of sense. It some it makes you scratch your head some of the things he's done. I mean, he beats Alabama, then he come back and lay an egg against you know Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. It's a head scratcher, man. And you know we sit in here and and look, there's no doubt. Two years ago they went nine and one. It was a great season for the Aggies. Um. You know, they darn near made the playoffs. Probably should have. Probably should have. You can't take that away. A team that was senior laden with Mon, the offensive line, and the different guys over there, right? A lot of senior leadership on that squad. And that's what well, it took line, get... That offensive line played out their ass that year, too. Nobody expected that. Nobody expected it. Yeah. And and so it took that for him to have a nine and one season. But let's come back to that nine and one season because at the same time, not that I want to take away from nine and one, but remember, they almost lost to North Carolina in the bowl game. A North Carolina team that was missing probably its all their top NFL four draft play- picks. Yeah, yeah. There's top four playmakers on offense and several folks <laughs> on defense, right? Mm-hmm. And they almost lost to North Carolina, almost. That's also the same year they almost lost to Vanderbilt in the opener, yep. right? And and at the same time, the best team, the best win they had all year was against a Florida team, a Florida team that had four losses at the end of the year, right? So, they, hey, look, great season, nine and one record, yada yada yada. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it impressive. The one good team they played all year, Alabama, beat them by three scores. Right. right. I mean, so understood. Great accomplishment. Good to get to where that point is because it also it also brought some recognition to the program, right? It it did sort of bring that atmosphere of hey, these guys were on the verge of the playoffs. Probably a big reason for the number one recruiting class this past year. Absolutely. I agree with you. Now the problem is that then they turn around. And they come back this past year, and they go eight and four. 
and you think, oh, eight and four. Well, they probably lost to Alabama and three other. Nope, they beat Alabama of all things. Mm-hmm. And but they've got four losses, and you named them earlier, right? Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and LSU. And in these that's losses, four teams in the West. I mean, that's four West teams. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And that's my point. You know, that's not – they went 4-4 four and four in the SEC. They went 4-4 four and four in the SEC. They went 2-4 and four in the SEC West. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a good formula for the Aggies. No, not at all. And the thing that bothers me the most about it is, okay, if they'd have lost to Arkansas, yeah, that's fine. You know, but here's the thing. That – Folks at Texas, other folks around there, the, the 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 Aggies in general, these guys that are maroon, very maroon colored, they want to come out and say, well, the problem was we had the injuries, man. We had the injuries to the quarterback. Okay, yeah, had an injury to the quarterback. First of all, the guy he replaced, by the way, the guy he replaced hadn't started but one game before he got hurt, Right. He played two. problems at quarterback either way. Yeah. So yeah. you don't know you don't know what that was gonna look like. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. There, there was an injury on the offensive line. Well, Layden Robinson got hurt, yeah. But he he came back by week like two or three. So that wasn't a big issue. How about how about the center, Matthews? Matthews ain't ever played. Yeah. So did you lose anything? He's not, is he still on the team? Didn't he retire or something? What's going he on? He retired there? for medical reasons, and I'm not wish him the best. I think the guy's yeah. a good kid and everything else. Right. Injuries in, in the defensive backfield at the corner spot. Sure. Jalen Jones. Or, or not Jalen Jones. Uh, uh, Miles, Miles Jones. Yeah. Right? And Brian George. Okay. Yeah. Let me tell you, neither one of those two guys is as good as Chappelle, who ended up starting, by the way. <laughs> so, by the end of the season, that it – was that still an excuse? I don't know. Not to me. Besides, everybody has injuries, man. Everybody has injuries. They want to talk about the backup quarterback. LSU beat us with a backup quarterback. He's our. He's now our backup quarterback. He may be our starting quarterback. Yeah, I think there. he might be the starting quarterback from what I'm hearing. But it, it was their backup quarterback at the beginning of the year. Look at the 12th mm-hmm. man showing out. Yeah, showing he just out. brought that in here. He just brought his little twelfth man hat. There you go. <laughs> his Aggie That's hat. Right. He said number twelve. There you go. Yes, 12th sir. Man. <laughs> All so, right. so here's the thing, right? Uh-huh. So here's the thing. They didn't make. You know, it didn't matter to them. Hell, LSU was missing half their team. They weren't even out there. They they quit on the coach. They still that beat. Game, we should have beat their ass. It makes no sense. Mm-mm. You know, you go listen to Texas. They say, well. If our quarterback hadn't been hurt, you know, we'd have beat Arkansas. We ended up making that Arkansas game close. In the first half, they were whooping our ass. The only reason we made it close is because their quarterback went down in the middle of the game. He got injured, remember? Wow, we couldn't cover Burks to save our life. Burks All of a sudden, K.J. Jefferson couldn't run. Yeah. You know? Like, okay, that makes a big difference. Yeah. And so I guess all these things that (laughs) – that just get on my nerves is like this this constant excuse making like you know we didn't do great last year yeah it's true we didn't 
There's no need to come up with these excuses for all that. Jimbo sits over here and he wants to cry about, about the injuries. He wants to cry about not getting into the playoffs the year before. He wants to cry about all these other things, right? Oh, it's not whatever. But Jimbo, call a better game, buddy. You know what I mean? We've been saying that for years, though. That's the same thing. It's like a broken record every year. Is Jimbo going to open up the offense? Is he going to do more, I don't know, schemes to get players open, to get them the ball? But it's so the same thing. It's the same conversation every year. If we talk about he, these other coaches that get their best players the ball, but Jimbo, oh, the offense will get the players open. It doesn't get them open. And I love what you just said there because you talked about it with Arkansas, right? How many yeah. times did they, they, they get the ball to their best Burks. receiver, Burks? Last exactly. They did it through the screen game. They did it by handing them the ball. They did it throwing it over the top. They did it mm-hmm. however motion – Everything you can possibly think of, they did to get him the ball because he was their best player. Exactly. None of those things ever happened with Jimbo. Jimbo's like, oh, the offense works. If, you know, whichever one's open was open. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine. But it hadn't worked. Exactly. It hadn't worked. I mean, we played a Colorado team last year that went four and eight. And they played in the Pac 12, Corey. The Pac-12, which, by the way, everybody's saying is about to die because the football sucks. Yeah. Four and eight in the Pac-12, Colorado did. And I think the final in that one was 10 to seven. Hmm. You know. <sighs> oh, yeah, that's the game Haynes King got hurt in. Calzada came in. Yeah, we looked awful, though. We did. We looked awful. Colorado was an awful team all season. No, but I love right what here. you just said there, right? Because Haynes <laughs> yeah. King did get hurt. That is the game that Calzada came in. Yeah. And yet somehow we throw the ball 40 times in a, in a game that was never more than a four-point lead for Colorado. And we throw the ball 40 times. 40, 40 times within five or ten yards. It wasn't even 40 times downfield. It was 40 times little out shots. You know, nothing. <laughs> And in that, and that's not counting, by the way, the call passes that Calzada ended up scrambling for. In that same game, A-Chain, Spiller, neither one had 10 carries. Neither one of them had 10 carries. Right here it says in the Aggie report today, Fisher told reporters this season that A&M was emphasizing downfield passing and spring ball. It has been defined weakness of the Fisher offense for years. Yards per completion over his four years in College Station, 12.172 in FBS. <laughs> you know, that's that's a great point, right? I mean, that's a great point. And the worst part about it is it's not like he's not throwing the ball. He is mm-hmm. throwing the foot, calling a ton of pass plays. He's calling a ton of pass plays all within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's it's what I'm saying. Same- I mean, it's – not getting the ball downfield. <clears throat> we had the athletes. We had the superior athletes against a lot of these teams to get the ball downfield, even against teams that are even with us. I mean, we have Anaya Smith. We have – I mean, you name them. And Preston, that's the other I mean, thing, right? I mean, against the four teams we lost, nobody can argue that they've out-recruited us in the last four years, right? Right. Because there's – you know, the, the, the guys that want to make excuses still say, well, you know, he's still building this team. Building it. He's been there longer, as long as Pittman, 
He's been there longer than Pittman, right? He's been there right. longer than the Pirate. He's been there longer than Kiffin. So yep. what are they building? <laughs> Aren't they still building? His recruiting classes have been better than all of theirs. What year is this? Is this five we're coming up to or four? This is five. This is going to be five. So, I mean, we should have last year should have been our make or break year for him. I mean, it's his players now, right? Everybody's his players. It's nothing. Shouldn't even and, be any leftovers. And that goes, you know, look, I, and that's my problem, though. In spite of the fact that the guy is this, like, slow it down, run the football kind of mentality, that's what he's done here. He doesn't actually live by that. Because, like, for example, the Mississippi State game last year, where they rushed, they had three down linemen all day long, right? And even in that game, where it was close and back and forth the entire day, he didn't run the ball. He didn't run the football. <clears throat> well, you don't have that good of running backs. You only have Chain and Spiller. <laughs> I mean, your running back, your right. running game is not that good. Exactly. Exactly. And there's no downfield throwing, which means that secondaries are up in there, the safeties are up in there, the linebackers are, are sticking around downhill. They're not right? worried about the deep ball at all. Not at all. Until he honest, gets right? to a point. Until he gets to a point where he's comfortable doing that, where he implements some double moves, where he implements a little bit of motion <clears> to get guys open, some things of that nature, this offense is going to continue to be at the bottom, towards closer to the bottom of the SEC than to the top. And I don't know. He's listening. He's listening at least a little bit because he knows he's got to throw the ball down the field. He knows. Well, who's our deep, who's our deep threat? Well – this year, you've got a number of them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I, because I hate to, I hate, I hate this concept of who's the deep threat. Are you telling me that these four-star receivers that we've been recruiting here for the last whoever knows how many years can't run seen deep? Anything. All our deep threats it seem like are gone. Chapman's gone. Uh, what's is, his name? Does uh, Jalen Preston not be? Is he not able to run thirty yards? Oh, I haven't it, seen him do it. I haven't seen him do it. It's the only question. I mean, that's the thing. I haven't. Where's it at on film? I haven't seen pressure. Is Anaya Smith not able to? And I've seen him do it. I don't think Anaya can. I think Anaya can only run like a seven-yard slant or something or a, <laughs> a seven-yard out because that's all he has him run. Well, I mean, that's the thing. He didn't have these guys going downfield. I know Chapman can do it because he did it against Florida. I know. Uh, He's what's gone. What's name? Who? He's what's gone. What's the other guy's name that kicked off the team? Demon, yeah, Demas. He 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 went downfield, but <laughs> but no, they have uh, Thomas. That who is it? Thomas, that new kid. Thomas, but Stewart, right? Yeah, Stewart. So, Stewart's gonna be starting. That guy's a yeah. monster. He's explosive. He's fast. He can get over the top. But you know what? It doesn't matter though, because if you go watch other teams, other teams, it doesn't matter. Their best player goes down the field, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not a it's not a jump ball situation, right? It could be he just outruns the guy or just makes right. a move and gets open, right, and goes yeah. down the field, right? I mean, the point is you can scheme it up, you can get them down the field, you can force them to cover it, you know, and it doesn't matter who you do it with. Hell, it could be Chase Lane for all I care, right? But I don't think Chase Lane can beat anybody downfield, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Price, but I mean, who's gonna get who's gonna get on the ball? Well, everybody keeps talking about Calzada's big arm. 
Gonzalez, big arm, man. He's got a huge arm. He, they keep saying that. Hey, they're saying he might be the starting quarterback at Auburn this year. I'm pretty sure he's going to be the starting quarterback at God. Auburn. God. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Uh, he'll probably be better than our starter. Oh, that's – it better not be. Better not so, be. So just to wrap this conversation up, let's – Yeah, I know. We're getting off I'm, topic. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sort of – as you can tell, I'm sort of being a little bit hard on Jimbo, and I am because, look, Jimbo deserves – you know, he's – He's getting well well compensated for his efforts. Yeah, he can take um, it. He's got a big boy. And he's a big boy, yeah. Yeah. He can figure it out. But he's sitting over here spending his time crying about what Nick Saban says. Nick Saban, by the way, super smart. Super smart. You know why? Because he puts the light on A&M over there. And, of course, Jimbo responds by saying, we ain't paying nobody. Hold on. I want my recruits to know I'm paying them. Mm-hmm. If I were Jimbo, I'd have been like, hey, man, what can I do, man? Our guys are making money. Well, it's Jimbo a didn't thing. really say we're not so much paying. He just said we're not breaking any rules. <laughs> <laughs> I would have emphasized that. I'd be like, hey, look, my guys make a lot of money. I'm good with it. It's good for them. It's good for the program. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what I would have turned around and done. And Nick, by the way, he was the first one that came out and said, hey, my guy's making a million dollars. My guy's making a million dollars. Smart son of a gun. And you know what he did on SEC, at SEC Media Day? He said, hey, look, yeah, we're one of the best programs at NIL. <laughs> so he speaks out of both sides of his mouth because of the fact that it's for his benefit, right? Mm-hmm. And his benefit. All right. So... Jimbo needs to step it up. He needs he needs to figure out this offense, open it up. It's gotta it's gotta it's gotta start creating some big plays in the passing game. It really does. Um, and I think that's that's the next evolution of this team. You know, the other thing folks were saying is, well. We are automatically better at the quarterback position. There's no doubt. So if we get better quarterback play, we're going to be 10 and 2 at least, right? And I want to put a little hold on that, man. Because everybody dog Calzada. And he, look, he took a lot of heat here last year. A lot. One, I'd like to say that he was one of the primary reasons for a win against Alabama. Absolutely. But not only that. His numbers weren't great, and there's a lot of times when he looked like it's But, dude, that dude did not get any help from the play caller, from the offensive line, or from the receivers for that matter. Corey? Right. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, Wadamire probably had his worst season since he's been at A&M. The offensive line was horrible. Horrible. I mean, he, I mean, Calzada wasn't known as an athlete, as a scrambler. He's known as a slinger, you know? And you don't give a slinger time to throw the ball. It's not going to end very pretty, you know? You can put Peyton Manning or somebody else back there. <laughs> right. They're not going to have great stats either because they're going to be under fire. Um, that's what happens. So, yeah, I mean, I thought he did great against Alabama. Um, I mean, he did hold the ball a little bit too long sometimes. I mean, you and I were frustrated with that watching him. Like in the Colorado games and stuff like that, when he first came in, we're like, "Oh, get rid of the ball! Come on!" But 
by the way, he also he also pretty much won that Colorado game with that throw to Spiller. I mean, yeah. and he almost he, he was the one that scored on the and fumbled right, almost scored from on the drive mm-hmm. before. I mean, look, the guy made big plays, big plays for this team. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have been we'd have been six and six. Yeah, it's true. Wow, um, Can you imagine that six and six. <laughs> yeah, the the folks would would be a little bit more up in arms at the moment. Yeah. But, you know, and that's one of the things that I see is, look, he had a lot of things not going in his direction. It would also have been nice if his offense coordinator play caller would have called a play action pass from time to time, maybe, you know, something that Mm -hmm. gives him a little bit more time, maybe a little bit more space, maybe even a screen every once in a while, slow down the rush, that kind of thing, help out his offensive line. I don't know. I'm just getting crazy over here, Corey, but, you know, those are little ideas. Um I mean, I, honestly, I could see the season right now going the same way as last season. I see a lot of the same variables. I see the teams we're playing have the same. I mean, Mississippi State has almost the same team back as they did last yeah. year that beat us. Arkansas has the same quarterback. Most of the same players back, right? Well, I mean, but here's, little, the, here's, here's the thing that I – We got but, the same offensive coordinator. We do. And and here's here's the thing that I'm saying, and, you know, we're replacing Kazada with Haynes King, Max Johnson, more than likely one of those two guys, right? Right. Connor's likely a year out. Right. Max Johnson was a backup at LSU last year until the other guy got hurt. That tells you about who he is. He had his best game of the year against Texas A&M, by the way. The rest of the year, he sort of sucked. I think a lot of teams had their best game against A&M last year, a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> Haynes Haynes has made some big plays in the one game he started, but he also threw three interceptions, right? Yeah, Haynes needs to protect the ball a little bit more. So, so there's a look, there's a chance that neither one of these two guys is any better than Calzada, and as a matter of fact, could be worse, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know that. The one thing that's gonna happen, and this is what's gonna happen, and mark my words, whoever gets that starting gig is gonna play better. But not because he's actually playing better. The offensive line is a lot better right. this year. They're going to be a lot better this year. The receivers are going to be better. You know, yeah, I think you're going to have addition by subtraction. I mean, I think I think Watermeyer was holding us back. I mean, he was on the field because of name. He didn't block that well. He wasn't known for his blocking. He was supposed to be a receiving tight end, and he couldn't catch last year. Yeah, absolutely. And now you enter a guy like Johnson, Jake, mm-hmm. Jake Johnson, man, come out, maybe have a big year as a tight end. But more importantly, the guys we've talked about, right? Moose, who, man, I anybody made bigger catches last year. I mean, that guy, it, it didn't have to be open, man. His, as long as his hands got on that ball, right. he's done. Yeah, you know? that's how his daddy was. That's how his daddy was. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard excellent things about Devin Price and the progress he's made, but you know, a guy that you love, Jalen Preston. Oh, dude. I think Jalen Preston can have a big year. You know what yeah. I mean? And then the we last game, about, LSU is big. And we've talked about Stewart, the freshman. He yep. looks through the roof, right? Phenomenal. So yeah, nice. And, and we haven't even mentioned nice. Who's yeah. the leader? Uh, A chain, you know? 
I don't know if Anais doesn't play a lot more in the backfield this year, by the way. Well, that's what I was thinking too, man. I think Anais might have to with all that receiving depth we have. I think he might have to to get get his amount of touches that he needs. Oh, and if we had a creative offensive offensive coordinator, man, <clears> the <throat> different things you could do with Anais and A-Chain both in the backfield and doing crazy fun. shit. Oh, be fun. Boy, that would be a lot of fun. But instead, we, we know what we'll get from that. No, yeah. But I think the point that I'm trying to make is that quarterback's going to look a lot better because his surrounding cast is going to be a lot better. Oh, yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you. You know, and then the last piece, and this is sort of a, a story that was sort of circulating a little bit, but like this idea that DJ Durkin is better than Elko. He's going to be better than Elko. Say what? Yeah. Why? Because he has well, better players? Oh, because Durkin, he's never had this level of talent before in his career. Hold up. You know, I love how these statements just come out. He's never had this level of talent. He coached at Florida in the midst of, like, the Florida prime, right? Yeah. He coached at Michigan. So let's not let's not sit here and, and talk about, oh, he's never had this level of talent. Listen, I'm not dis I'm not disagreeing that there's a lot of talent on this Aggie defense. There it, it, there is for sure. Up front, it's all very young. Number one, but he's had talent before, and his defenses haven't always been stellar, right? And let's be clear: his defenses at his last stop at Ole Miss were not good at all, much less stellar. Right? <laughs> it makes it you wonder why he's here. <laughs> I know why he's here because against us, they look great. Boy, they were the mm. greatest thing since, like, you know, how good were they? We were the yeah. only offense that they were good against, by the way. So if DJ Durkin is smart, <laughs> he's going to take this defense. He's going to simplify the hell out of it and just let those guys go because they're young and he doesn't want to make mistakes and opening up big gashes, right? Oh, just yeah. simplify and let them go play. Mm-hmm. And maybe they've got a chance to look better than they even did last year because of that. And the and of course the the level of experience and talent on the back end, which is better than we've had in a long time, right? That'll make up for a lot of mistakes in the front seven. Yeah. But um, yeah, I agree with you. I think the defense is gonna be I don't know about Durkin. As long as he gets out of his own way and doesn't overthink it and just tells these guys to be who they are. Just go out there and, you know, beat that guy one-on-one. Now, it's hard for a freshman, man. It's, uh, That's hard for a freshman. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of growing up between your freshman and sophomore year. I mean, putting on, getting in the weight room. And, and that's why we're there. hearing so many good things about a guy like Fidel Diggs. And people are talking Fidel Diggs up. I, I have not been the biggest pro Fidel Diggs guy. I think he's a good player. I just don't see the explosiveness off the edge like we had last year in Tyree Johnson. Even in Clemens, right? Mm-hmm. So, along those lines, let's take a look at 2022. You look at the schedule, Corey. You look at that schedule. I mean, how many no questions asked wins are on that schedule? Name it real quick. Who you got? First game, Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Win. All right, there's one. Second game. Appalachian State. Win. 
There's two. Somewhere in the middle of that schedule, we got UMass. I'm going to take that as three. Yeah. In the SEC, our other, by the way, our other non-conference game is Miami. I'm not going to call that a no questions asked. I'm not either. They got one of the top-ranked quarterbacks in the nation, supposedly, going into the draft next year. Yeah. First-round type quarterback. Yeah. New New coach, right? New coach. You know, everybody's excited about those guys. Boy, you know, all those mm-hmm. things. I'm not saying they're going to beat us. I'm just saying it's not a no-doubt win. So where you got, three so far? So far, three. In yeah. the SEC, how many no-doubt wins are there? Do we play Vanderbilt? No. No. But I'll tell you the one no-doubt win in the SEC that I think is there is still South Carolina. Not because I don't think that they're better this year. I actually do think they're better. I think I think he's done a great job coaching over there, and they've obviously brought in a new quarterback and all those things. But I don't think that their front stands up to our front. No, nah, they don't have the depth that we have, but uh, they are going to be a lot better. It, it could be pretty scary, nerve-wracking. I'll take that as a win. It may be a okay. close win, but I'm going to take that as a win. And like I said, it's about the fronts. It's not about anything else other than the fronts right now. I think LSU's going to have a hard time this year just because of the new system, new coach, lost a lot of players. I think that's going to be closer to a sure thing win than the All right, so let's go from sure thing to likely wins. Let's go from a sure thing to likely wins. You think LSU's a likely win? Yeah. I'll tell you one thing about LSU. I I agree with you, right? I think that they still – they have lost quite a bit, and there's a lot of transition going on. Right. But I also think that there's absolutely no question that Brian Kelly is a better coach than Ed Orgeron. Oh, absolutely. No question. Yeah. And it's and they still have talent, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna put them in a likely win situation. I I just don't I, I don't buy it, man. We've beat them. How many times have we beat them? Is it twice? Something like that. It's not many. In the last few years? Yeah, but that they were had great coaches back then. <laughs> I, I, you know, it, I'll say this: likely wins for me, Auburn. Oh, Auburn, yeah. Didn't think about Auburn. Yep. Auburn. I don't because... understand where these power rankings are coming from with Auburn being so high. Because I mean, they're saying their <laughs> defense. I just don't see it. They lost you their know, quarterback. I mean, they just who's their starting quarterback in Auburn? Calzada. That's right. Yeah, shit. it's him. It's T.J. Finley, or it's the transfer from Oregon, right? Ashford. Yeah, it's, it's probably Calzada. I think it's Calzada, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Ashford play in a sort of, you know, two quarterback system situation, hmm. because he's an athlete. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. Gotcha. Um, but Auburn, yeah, their offensive line is all coming back, but they were horrible last year. I'm not sure that they're going to be any better. Right, yeah. I, I just see a lot. They don't have really the receiving weapons or the you know their tailback Bixby's pretty good by the way. That coach is getting fired after this year anyway. He's gone. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then you look at the most of the rest. Okay, let's likely losses. There's not a lot of those either, by the way. Likely losses, maybe Bama. I'll put I'll throw Bama in there. Yep, I can see especially that. at their place with some revenge factor and all those things. Yeah. Is it a for sure loss? No. <clears throat> no. That's a likely loss. And then everybody sort of fits in there in the toss-up range, right? 
whether it's Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Florida, LSU, you know, Miami. All right. those guys seem to be in that mix of, you know, depends who shows up that day. Yeah, I'm curious to see the spreads on those games. Uh, we we've got that? a stretch. There's a stretch. Miami in week three, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Bama. That's pretty nasty. Yep. And I can't remember who's right after Bama, but I think it's South Carolina. So, but I think that four game stretch right there is pretty darn nasty. And if you come out of that two and two, it's probably not bad. Is there not an off week between those? Because we got a lot of young players, man. They're going to get beat up. They're going to get beat up for playing in the SEC, and that's that's exactly the difference between playing in the SEC and everywhere else, right? I mean, the Big Ten, I guess. But, you know, even the yeah. Big Ten is is more top-heavy than anything else, right? Right. So, I don't know. I could see all that, I guess, to say, I mean, I could, this team could go anywhere from 6-6 six and six to 11-1, and one, right? I mean, and in reality, I think 11-1 and one, I think 11 and one is really pushing it. I mean, even if we beat Alabama – Look at last year we beat Alabama. We still lost four games. I mean, if I had to pick our second loss, it would be Arkansas. It'd be Arkansas right now. That would be really not game. Mississippi State. I don't know. Mississippi State kind of makes me nervous too. Mississippi State makes me nervous because those guys. Oh, the the pirate. The pirate knows how to scheme. Yeah. You know. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's also another option. So I don't know. I think. If you ask me, the biggest questions for this team are the play callers, offense and defense, right? Does DJ Durkin simplify to get this defense rolling early? Does Jimbo start using the entire field, using some of this, some motion, some misdirection, some different things to get people open and and playing? What does he do? And then... I think the one other question for me is who's going to be putting pressure on defense? Who's going to get the pressure on defense? You know, which one of the defensive linemen is going to step up and be an edge rusher, those kinds of things, right? <clears throat> is it Diggs? Is it a Delier? You know, can they do it from the interior with McKinley Jackson or Shamar Turner or – you know, one of the freshmen stepping in, you know, yeah. and I white, who's it going to be? Right. Now I hear what you're saying, but I think there's just too much talent on this Aggie team to lose to too many of these schools. I mean, I'm talking yeah. like we have as much talent, if not more, like you said earlier, Jimbo's been recruiting pretty well for what the last four or five years. We have depth. We have talent. We got more NFL talent on this team than, just about any team you just named except for Alabama. Yeah. I mean, who else has more NFL talent than we do besides Alabama right now? And Georgia? I'm not sure we don't have as much NFL talent as Alabama. That's what I'm saying. The next four years of this roster, if you look at this roster right now and say so many players are getting drafted, Alabama's going to be the same way. But after that. But let, me, but let me ask you this. So offensively, this team, A&M under Jimbo Fisher, has ranked outside of the top 30 every year except for his first year. That sucks. 
outside of the top 30 except for his first year. Hmm. Before that, every offense he's he's coached has been outside the thir- top 30 going all the way back to 2013. That was the, the one national championship year with those guys since 2013. Is that Jameis Winston and all them? With Jameis Winston and those guys. And the entire offense went to the NFL. Mm-hmm. He, that was his only offense since 2013 and his first year here inside of the top 30. Think well, about he that. Just needs to get a new, he needs to get an offensive coordinator, somebody he can hold accountable for the offense besides himself because he can't look in the mirror and blame himself. In that same time period, he's had one receiver go over 1,000 yards, Rashard Green on that national championship team. I don't even one. know who that is anymore. Yeah. So – you know that the problem to me is the fact that he's supposedly the guru mm-hmm. offensive guru quarterback guru quarterback whisperer whatever and his performances with the quarterbacks and the offense i love how i say offensive but i don't know what that means offense oh, yeah. anyway <laughs> keep doing it though yeah <laughs> have been horrible right Outside of the top 30 nationally, man. Yeah, it's embarrassing. A lot of times outside of the top 50, by the way. So there's there's my question with 2022. There's my question. Their offensive line is going to be better. They got better talent at wide receiver. They got running backs that can play. Will he let them play? So you're saying it all comes down to play calling. Jim. It's like we have the talent. We just He's not going to let them play. That's the question. I agree. Play. Yeah, I got you. Same on defense, by the way. I think I mean, there's trying the field. The spring game, we we witnessed in the spring game. He did try to go downfield a little bit more. He did. Conditions weren't ideal. Yeah. But you know, it's football. Conditions aren't always going to be ideal. You now know? let's see but, if he can evolve the playbook too to be not just mm-hmm. throwing down the field, but now throwing down the field with some motion, some different things to help help some of those receivers out, right? right. Some play action, maybe some misdirection, some different things. Exactly. Progressions, progressions, progressions. All right. Uh, and then defensively, who's going to bring the pressure? I think those are my two questions. What are they going to do defensively to bring pressure? They're going to probably bring some blitzes, right? You love well, the line. That's what Durkin did in Mississippi. He blitzed every every down, I think. I think he led the nation in blitzes or something last year. It was something silly. If you go back and look you, at the stats, it was – You love the linebackers. You love what they can do in the blitzing game. So if that's the case – He ran a 3-4, didn't he? Yeah. Base base three four, but you know he was moving folks around. Makes me nervous. I <laughs> we don't have the linebackers to play a three four. We got the linemen to play a four three or a five two. He showed but, nothing but four down linemen pretty much in, in the spring. I I still figure that that's going to be his base here. Um, right. I I just know that he does like on passing downs to flip it over. I don't know that I would take those linemen off the field, but maybe maybe you do. I you know. I want to see a guy like Donnell Harris coming off the edge on freaking third down, right? I want to see that dude just flying off the edge. I want to see this Walter Nolan to see if he's as much of a beast as what they're saying he is. Let's, I mean, I was reading some stuff about him. And they, they're saying that he's just a monster, that he's going to be the best pass rusher on in the SEC, defensive end or lineman that's a freshman this year, just because he's so okay. overpowering in the middle. Okay. I, I just want to see it. I want to see what he can do. They say he's. I don't know incredible. who said. I don't know who's saying this, but I imagine it's Texags 
And, no, it's uh, in ESPN. It was an ESPN article saying that most uh, – talking about freshmen coming in to everywhere, and it said Walter Nolan, just best pass rusher coming contribute. in. I definitely expect him to contribute, but that statement is way overblown. I want to see it, man. I want to oh, see yeah. this guy. I just want to see him on the field. But, so, I mean, there's a lot of that. There's a whole lot of stuff that – I mean, we have more variables this season than we did just about any season we've had. I mean, last year it was quarterback. This year it's quarterback. Now it's quarterback. Is our offensive line going to be better? What are we going to do without Spiller? You know, our tight end's gone. Our whole defensive line's gone. And you and I are sitting here talking about us going 10-2, and two, you know, 11-1, and 9-3. and three. Really? <laughs> I, th- I thought That's I said 6-6 six and six to 10-2. and two. <laughs> Right. If we go 6-6, six and six, somebody's getting fired. Probably not Jimbo because we'd have to pay him a lot of money. Uh but maybe Jimbo, the offensive coordinator. That's what I'm saying. I think somebody's going to whisper in his ear and say, hey, look, you can't call a play. This is a lot of negativity on our part right here. Don't get me wrong. Look, I'm excited for the season. By the way, less than six weeks away at this point for our opening day. I'm excited for the season, but I can't. I'm not going to tell you that I'm overly confident that this is going to be the year we're competing for. Competing, not winning for SEC West championships or SEC championships or playoff bursts. I don't think this is that year. Until Jimbo shows me otherwise that he's going to open this thing up. Well, everybody's saying that this isn't our year. Everybody's talking about next year. And they got, what's the guy's name that I always feel steal? He was on the radio the other day talking, oh, you know, I love the Aggies next year. This year, you know, I can see them doing eight and four, nine and three. But next year, oh, man, the Aggies next year. That's all I'm hearing is next year. I I'm not all, these players, all these players, all these players could transfer next year. You never know what's in college football yeah. these days. Yeah, no, we could lose them all. Worried. If we Forget go six and six, year. we'll lose a lot of transfers. Forget next year. Yeah, this, you you better perform this year. Is all I got to tell you. Exactly. All right, Corey. We got a couple questions from the tailgate. Brought to you by Ross and Distributing, assistant Aggies with all their drilling needs. Aggie owned and operated. Ross and Distributing. All right. First question here, Corey. Uh, I'll let you hit this one up. All the discussion during SEC Media Days was about what team would be third in the SEC. Any chance anybody unseats Bama and Georgia, or are they just unbeatable? I think Georgia needs to keep an eye open for uh, that Kentucky team's not bad. There's a lot of talk about Kentucky. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like we said, I mean, it is a lot of toss-ups. A&M's definitely up there. Uh, who else are we talking about? Uh, Arkansas is up there. Mississippi State, I think, is going to be better than people think. Ole Miss, I don't, I don't see Ole Miss, but a lot of people are talking about them. And if you listen to the Vanderbilt coach talk, they're they're on the rise. That's what the Vanderbilt. Did you hear about that in the media days? The Vanderbilt coach goes, "We're going to be contending for championships sooner than later." We are contending for championships. I, I love it. Well, good luck. Good luck. Yeah, I love that. Andy. Uh, I'd, I'd bring another team into the mix in the in the in the Tennessee. East. Tennessee, I think Tennessee has we'll got a see. chance. To, we'll to see. Contend. I think you they know, caught a lot of people it. by surprise last year. Tennessee did so. We'll see if, right. if they can do it in two years in a row. Then I'll give them credit. But you catch them by Look, surprise. I think, in one Hooker, year. I think Hendon Hooker is legit. I really do. Well, I was impressed with what he did last year. Let's find he's out if he can do it in two years. But he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, he's going to stay healthy. And that's three teams out there in the East, by the way, in Georgia, Kentucky, and Tennessee. So, you know, I think it's, it's at least a competition out there. And on our side of the bracket, I agree with you. I mean, 
I don't know that the Aggies are going to give Bama a run for the money, but be careful with Arkansas. And everybody wants to talk, oh, Arkansas is not that good, whatever. Okay, whatever. I'll tell you what, they're going to show up and they're going to be their physical self. Oh, yeah. Beat you down in the run game, make big plays over the top, and they're going to be well coached. Take gotcha. that for what you will. Um, I'd be surprised if they're not in contention at the end. Uh, so I don't think Bama and Georgia are unbeatable. They're still the favorites. All right, question number two. Vegas has the Aggies at eight and a half wins over under. Which way are you going, Corey? I'm going over. I, like I said earlier, I think we have too much NFL talent on this team to not win at least nine games. I mean, if, if we do, that's that's definitely coaching. Uh, talent-wise, we, we have a nine, ten-win talent team. But we don't have a – it depends on the coaching. Yeah, eight and a half wins. I mean, I'd probably lean over. But I'm not exactly, like, over the moon on that bet. Right, I will be putting that bet down. I got to make my trip to Vegas, my which I owe for because I picked the national, you know, the national championship Super Bowl winner two years in a row or something. I gotta come back and make it three. Dude, you picked ten teams to win. It doesn't, you know, you picked Alabama, Georgia. Well, I picked the winner. I'm gonna pick the winner right now. I'm gonna pick Alabama, Georgia, or Ohio State. What do you think? Apparently, that's where the money's at. Yeah, that's it. All right, Corey. It's good to be back, baby. Giga Maggie. Later, buddy. Signing out from the tailgate.